the end of the day, good leaders remove roadblocks and train people how to do things better. And if you know what better is and what success looks like, then all you got to do is just focus on removing those roadblocks. And, and therefore, the gap is the enemy. Welcome to the Brand Transformation Show by Blurt, where we unpack what it takes to transform organizations through technology, leadership, and creativity. All right, well, welcome to season two of the Brand Transformation Podcast. My name's Craig. I'm your host, and we're here, as usual, with Stuart Lear from Blurt. G'day, mate. Craig, welcome. Welcome to the team. Thank you. Welcome. You know what? Welcome. Back Welcome back. The- well, what? Have we, yeah, we we kind of like got to explore the first iteration of Blurt over a decade ago. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been it's been a journey, and um, today it's season two of what is now known brand transformation. Brand show. So so last year we focused on, or last episode, uh, last season we focused on um, digital transformation. Now we're focusing on brand transformation. What's what's the difference? Why why the change? Well, you know, it's it's really that simple as uh, digital transformation is a function of brand transformation. So um, we're elevating our conscious to the highest context. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the, um, the 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 net net is is actually. Um, uh, we'll still talk tech and digital, but um, we want it to be really clear that actually doing what we do changes brands, um, moves you forward. Great. So t- today we want to talk about best practices in brand transformation, but uh, let's define our terms. What, what's brand transformation? Explain that to me. Yeah, good, good question. Um, and uh, buzz, buzzwords and buzz terms in the marketplace today. So, so let's just pull it apart. What is a brand? What is a transformation? Do what is brand first? If you've done anything with us here at Blurt, we always treat brand, I think, a little bit different to maybe the rest of the marketplace. Um, We don't ask, what do you want your brand to be? We ask, who do you want your brand to be? And and at the end of the day, we see brands as as characters. Um, Why? Because people personify brands. I, I love this brand. I hate that brand. That made me excited. That was inspirational. And good brands are really clear characters. And uh, so I think we're going to attack that topic. Um, that sounds great. We can do that. We can unpack that uh, at greater depth in, a, in another episode perhaps. What a good idea. Yeah, great. <laughs> so so the, the, the key take out there is, is a who, yep. not a what. Great. And um, – what is transformation? Well, um, that's that's reasonably simple, but it's it's a bit more complex than just saying it's it's not. It's about saying who we are today, who do we want to be tomorrow, and there's a transformation that happens there. Um, but there's a real science to transformation, and it's it it's actually about saying, well, how do we go on that journey of change? And there's there's some some horrifically amazing stats out there, which we've talked about in, in other, other episodes in season one around the amount of digital um, or change exercises that fail and mm. Forbes reports that over 80% fail. And so as we've been on that journey, we've also seen things go really, really well or not really, really well. Mm. And so this is um, a part of saying, well, how do you de-risk that? And, and good transformation journeys have a real science to them. They're not transactions, and um, they're they're. If you think about anything that's changed in your own life, genuinely, the good things that have changed take time. Yeah, and um, and and time is a is a 
is a component, is an element, is a is a factor of of any any transformation, good transformation. All right, I'm going to derail you right from the very start. Great, I, I knew right. that would happen. <laughs> That's why so, you're in that chair. <laughs> so, um, so most people want to journey from from being something to to something else, right? They have a probably an ideal, or an, you know, you know. A, a destination in mind or whatever, like I want to be a better version of myself or whatever, but but we need clarity about what that looks like so that we, we know where we're heading or whatever. So so part of the transformation process, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, I guess getting a clear idea of who we want to become. Exactly. Yeah. Not and, and that's that's the best way to frame it. Not not what do we want to look like into the future, but who do we want to be? Right. And and it's being we, real about where we are right now and absolutely. the gap between <laughs> where we are and <laughs> exactly. where we want to be. And, and it's, um, it, it's classic um, gap analysis. Mm. Um, we as a company of people want to be this in the marketplace in the future. Yep. Well, we as a group of people want to achieve this into the future. Well, where are we today? And, and let's be humbly honest and brutally clear about the where we are today and let's recognise what, tomorrow might look like and 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 often those two things as appear as two bullet points on a powerpoint presentation if you think about the corporate life you might sure. be living yeah but in fact the distance between those two bullet points is an enormous amount of hard work yeah and and so and that's that that's why the gap yeah the gap is so important to understand that's actually yes clarity in who we want to be but then secondly clarity in the steps to get there great and so this is what you, we're talking about the, today: best practices in brand transformation, best practices in how to get how to close the gap. That's right. That? Yeah, best practices in closing the gap. So yeah. um, if if we want to, if we are somebody today or a group of people today that stand for something in the marketplace, and we want to be somebody into the future, yeah. Who is that? What do we do? What do we stand for? How do we work? What 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 does that look like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now. Now we need to look at that gap and a lot of what we do at Blurt is um, what you could term sense-making, mm. bringing clarity to a situation. And, and that's done through research and models and frameworks. But at the end of the day, if you don't have an objective measure at the end and an objective measure at the start, mm. like two points on a map, then you've, you've already failed. Yeah, because you don't know where you're starting and you don't know where you're going, and you wouldn't do that on an aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't do that with multi-million, multi-billion-dollar organisations. Great. So, so most people would acknowledge the fact that there's a gap between where their organisation is and where they want their organisation to be, they'll, they'll, or I, not. Well, <laughs> I hope they don't. So. Right? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, what do we see? We, we definitely. I mean, most people we see. Recognize the gap. Um, not picking on anybody, but I was I was I was in a in an engagement a client workshop the other day, and somebody said, "No, we're great already." <laughs> and, yeah. and and about nine of the other ten people in the room kind of just slowly turned and looked at that person, <laughs> and and over the next I think thirty seconds, that person had a realization of. Um, about how they're not great already. <laughs> so, th- so this is the the singer that auditions for you know Australian Idol and realizes that <laughs> that's right. they're not quite as good as. What yeah, if if you want a lesson in human behaviour, on there's always a gap. Then yeah. just watch um, any of the talent shows, <laughs> and, and and that's why they're they're famous. That's why they're so so interesting to watch because 
we see the people that <laughs> that yeah. have gaps and don't know about their gaps. All right. So most of us would acknowledge that there's a gap. How do we identify <laughs> what that gap is then? Or how do we how do we you know drill down on the uh, on, on what what are the elements of the gap and and what we need to do to close it? Well, I think um, <clears throat> um, a really um, I, I I really love um, uh, Michael Porter's work on strategy. Right. Um, because he he always bluntly says, strategy is not a set of actions we do, which is probably the definition you'll find in the dictionary, but rather a position we'll hold in the marketplace, and and that position we'll hold will be in a in a domain or a, or, a, or a segment or a category, and that position will stand for something. Um, Apple is the innovative um, or the innovator in in, in the marketplace. Um, Virgin is the is the sexy experiential um, uh, brand. It's, it's a position to hold. And so strategically, you've got to get really clear on where the opportunity is, yep. where the gap is in the marketplace, um, if you can fulfil it and uh, clearly articulate what that position looks like. Mm. And, and it's not monetary. It's not... Um, financial in the in the context of well the opportunity is 100 million dollars a year in revenue and this and that no no it's it's what's the real estate in the mind of the customer that you can hold which puts you number 1 or 2 in that category mm. and and when you get clear on what that position is what the category is and the competitive advantages that you need to have or already have to hold that position, then that's strategy. And 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 that's probably where most business leaders fail. They're, they're, they're brought up out of business school to be taught that a strategy is, a, is an objective with a set of actions. No, strategy is a position you hold in the mind of the customer. Great. So strategy would be one piece of that, that puzzle in terms of identifying a gap. Do you... Is, is there a... Is there a broader framework in which strategy sits? In- yeah, I mean, so we, we could we could turn around and say, <clears throat> all right, well, that's the position we've got to get to. Mm. Um, we can see and do all the macro and micro research needed to do that. But what do people currently think about us right now? Yep. And um, you know, classic brand theory says you don't you don't say what your brand is. Your customer says what your brand is because that that brand is that set of thoughts, ideas, personality that's left in them after experiencing you. Mm. Sometimes it might be good, sometimes it might be great, sometimes it might be not. Um, we all experience those situations. So brand's not so much about how you present yourself but how other people perceive you over time. A hundred percent, yeah. It's, um, there's a great um, quote uh, I, I heard back in my urban development days um, used so many times in, in workshops and presentations from Winston Churchill who said we first get to define our architecture mm. and then our architecture defines us. Mm. And what he's really saying, if, if you think about that in a brand context, we first get to define who we want to be and how we're going to act and what we're going to do. Mm. We go and build and do that mm. and then what we've done begins to define us. Yeah. And and the, the defining us is, is the marketplace, our customers and future customers saying, Oh yeah, that's what I think about Brand X. Yeah, they're great because, or they oh, would only use them for this reason, mm. and and so, so that that's that um, that end state where we get to say, well, this is where we want to go. We set a framework, 
we move forward, we try and hit that and, and, and test and measure along the way. And that's the brand gap. There's a great book, Marty Numa wrote about this 20 years ago and almost 20 years ago. Still, I think, one of the best books out there on, on understanding brand. Great. So, uh, so let me let me summarise what I think you just said. <laughs> um, basically, we get one crack at at presenting uh, a, a, an ideal version of who we want our organisation to be, to represent, to do what the customer experience is, what our employees think of us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and 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 we launch that, and then basically the the experience. Um, that happens as a result of that or how people experience engaging with our brand then defines the gap between between our ideal and... Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, we don't just get one chance though. You sometimes only get one chance. Right. Um, but uh, over time, you'll get more chances. And But yes, that's essentially it. We say, who do we want to be? Yep. Let's go after that. Great. And, and that's why we see brands as um, people. Um, because it's people internally that are shaping that brand um, and it's the perceptions held that people personify and, and we'll save that for the next, next one of the next episodes. But, but yes, I mean, you, you get this chance to start shaping and focusing and, and focus is, is the never-ending task of branding. Great. Clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer is, is the goal. I, I think the, the, the point to make here though is... Um, a lot of organisations start by going, oh, we want to rebrand um, and this is who we want to be. But the actual question to ask is, well, who are we today? And um, and you already have a brand. Your brand is what people say about you yep. and talk about you and refer to you as. So when when you start that process, the, the first gap or the first bookend of that gap is to say, well, who are we today? Mm-hmm. Not who do we think we are today. That's helpful from an employee brand perspective. But what does our customer think? Mm. Uh, if, if quality is an attribute that, that needs to define us in our, in our um, character into the future, do people think we're of quality now? And, and if that's low, well, then that's something to shift. And the hardest thing in repositioning and building brands and changing perceptions is that you think about people you meet once you've had that first interaction, it's very hard to shift a perception. Mm. So, so it's near on impossible sometimes. It's possible. Um, brands have done it, but it's far more expensive than being clear about who you want to be first time around. Mm. So, so what are some of the things that we can focus on to help that Yeah, let, let's talk best practices. Yeah. Well, I think um, uh, th- there's six that we're going to talk to. Mm. And and the first is, um, is is about knowing your enemy, mm-hmm. um, and and this is classic, you know, um, Sun Tzu art of war stuff. You know, know thy enemy. Um, why did I say thy? That's that's <laughs> so not a Chinese term. <laughs> <laughs> know your enemy, um, and and this is where most, in fact, I would say ninety nine percent of organisations fail at this first step. Right. If you walk into any organisation and you say, hey, who's your enemy um, in that, that macho testosterone field, military-esque way of, of running organisations, yeah. um, 9.9 times out of 10, they'll say- My this, brand competitor. That's right? right, my brand competitor. Yeah. And, and in fact, they're not. Um, they're a competitor. They're not your enemy. Your enemy is the gap. 
Okay. You're, and that's the first mindset to change. The thing holding you back is the gap. So your enemy is the gap. What are the things holding you back? Internal behaviours, internal systems, mm. the way you present or price or do things. That's those roadblocks, those challenges, that's your enemy. Mm. Your energy and frustration and focus should actually be focused on that because when you get that right, your competitors actually don't matter as much because yeah. your customer is choosing you over them. So, yes, it's good to watch and observe and understand, but those that, that watch customers or watch competitors rather mm. and try and react to competitors are never market leaders. They're always market followers. So to hold a number one or two position in a marketplace, your enemy is the gap and the, the roadblocks in closing that gap. And that's, that's actually hard to change your mindset in that. Yeah. Um, we all do it. We sit in workshops and, and, and strategize together and, and, and think and, um, and that's emotional energy being worked on that. Mm. And often that emotional energy translates into pain and frustration directed from high up the chain to low down the chain. And, and in fact, that's, that's where leaders need to turn around and go, actually, my frustration here is in the roadblock, not in the people or systems or things going on. And, and therefore, how do we focus our attention on that? Mm. It's interesting uh, listening to, I, I listen to a lot of uh, uh, football coaches at Doing their um, press conference after the after the game yep. or whatever, right? Yep. And you know, people always get you know, was that loss loss crushing? You know, blah blah blah. Do you just put it down to a better team, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. You know, what are you going to do to change or whatever? And 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 often it's just like we're, we're going to continue to work on the way that we want to play as a team. We know what how we want to play. We're not there yet. The fact that we lost this week is neither here nor there. Um, well, it is, you know, everyone wants a win, right? But um, but looking very internally about, okay, is like acknowledging that gap between, okay, this is how we want to play. We're not there yet. What are the things that we can do to improve? And, and almost the team just becomes your, your your measuring stick. Absolutely. Rather than, you know. Yes. Yeah, That's. I think that's a great way of looking at it. And and when you take that mindset, you, you really do change how you behave inside an organisation. Mm. You... you as a leader, you start asking, okay, how can I make it easier for my team to achieve their outcomes? Mm. Not how many texts or emails or pain can I inflict so they do it, but actually what's in their way? Yeah. And and look, I don't want to get into all the intricacies and ins and outs of, of that, that management process yet, but at the end of the day, good leaders remove roadblocks and train people how to do things better mm. so they can do them better. And, and if you know what better is and what success looks like, then all you got to do is just focus on removing those roadblocks and, and therefore the gap is the enemy. So know your enemy, best practice. That's number one. Yeah. What, what else we got? All right. Well, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, number two is lead from insights, not from tools. And, and what does that mean? Um, in, in the last probably six years, there's been trillions of dollars spent on building new tools, buying new tools and and everything that goes around that. And what I mean by tools is, is technology or digital or whatever it might be. And I think it's easy. Um, I've fallen into this trap over the years where you buy a tool thinking that that will make the change. Mm. And, um, and it's a bit like um, a toddler 
going and get his, getting daddy's hammer, hmm. sticking it in his belt and going, see, dad, I'm a builder. Hmm. Um, or a 15, 16-year-old um, wearing the race car jersey and hopping in his sports car and driving like a maniac thinking they're a race car driver. Hmm. They're not. And, and Maslow would call that... Um, almost unconscious incompetence or, hmm. or a conscious incompetence. A, a rec- it, it's a, 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 and so when we buy tools, they're not the answer. Um, someone very wise once said to me, um, technology never leads. And, and that's quite a confronting statement in a world obsessed and absorbed by technology. Hmm. Technology is always a tool that follows an insight that should drive an action. And... So the question you've always got to ask is not what's the best hammer, but what's mm. the best hammer to deliver on this insight? Yeah. And and yeah. and so often organizations don't take the time to step back and say what are the insights that we that we have and therefore what are the problems we're solving mm. and therefore what is the technology we're using. Mm. And 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 there's such a such a arms race. Um, uh, of technology going on at the moment that you, people buy things for the sake of thinking, I'm going to buy that and use it. I'm yeah. going to buy that and use it. Yeah. Um, and, and so what, what I mean by lead from insights, not with tools, mm. is, is exactly that notion of go searching for the insight from the customer. Yeah, You will get more value by organising a sit-down with five or six customers and that might cost you a bottle of wine and a cheese platter mm-hmm. versus fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars in in tools in tools yeah and um, and so that's that's a really um, hard um, roadblock because it, that takes time mm. here's a random question for you um, while we're recording is um, we, <laughs> we've got like we've got a whole bunch of a whole bunch more um, that you could talk about best best practices here um, and and like, there's some great stuff that we can unpack here. Do you want to continue to do that, or or do you want to like save some of these for another episode? Well, you know what? Why don't we give a little taster? Yep. Of the next three best practices. Great. And tune into the next episode um, to get the detail on these. Yeah. So next episode, we're going to talk about building maturity rings, mm-hmm. um, uh, leading through journeys, yep. and tracking the right numbers. Um, so there's six best practices that we've mm. highlighted. Mm. We've, we've delved into three. Mm. Um, first one was know your enemy and the enemy is the gap. Yeah. Second one is um, lead from insights, not with tools. And the, and the last one um, that I'm going to lead with today is, we'll call that number three, mm. focus on the why and the number of who's will follow. Okay. So, um, so focus on the why and the number of who's will follow. So um, when you sell a what, you're just trying to um, – and, and, you know, you can go on Google Simon Sinek's work on, on all of this. Um, but when you're just selling a what, you're, you're competing against a, a feature. Yeah. When you're solving a problem and you have a reason for existence, therefore a purpose, you're, you're selling on a why. And if that why is really clear – your first objective is just to focus on selling on that why. Just focus on that why. Focus on that why. And the science tells us that the more you close out that why positively, the more different types of customers will start to follow. Yeah, great. 
So let me try and think of an example. Well, actually, I think um, Apple's a good example of selling on the why. Yeah. Back when I was in university in my early days in ad agencies, you know, it was an Apple Mac, one of those bright coloured, um, uh, I can't remember what they were called. But remember IMACs? The, yeah, the, the first <laughs> yeah. iMac the, had the orange and the green and yeah. the blue. That Pretty Very retro. <laughs> very retro. But, um, and, and every creative in, in the agency had um, an iMac yeah. and every suit, um, account exec, had, had an a, IBM. Had an IBM <laughs> crappy little PC <laughs> thing. And, um, and because because Mac had Mac had just focused on saying, well, if you're creative, you need us because yeah. we're for creatives and we help you change the world. Yeah. Um, but over time, that why was really successful with that initial group of who's. Yeah. But then from that initial group of who's, that could expand out into more who's, more yeah. who's and more who's. Yeah. Um, and what happens a lot is people go, oh, we're going to go after that customer segment. We need a new why. Mm. And no, um, uh, that starts to break focus. Sure. Um, so good brands are highly focused. So IKEA still keeps the why very, very clear, but can can expand from young university, college people out into young couples and young families to um, different markets because their why is mm. really clear. So. The, the, the last one to leave with today, the first three best practices, um, know thy enemy. Um, number two, lead from insights, not from not from tools. And number three, focus on the why and the number of who's will follow. Um, that's great. That's, mm. that's, um, that's, that's very uh, insightful. But, you know, we're about moving the needle, that blurt, right? <laughs> that's right. Okay, so, um, so, so give me some practical applications. What, what can we be doing right now to actually start to implement some of these ideas? Okay, so I think let's go right back to the start. Yep. What is brand? What is transformation? Um, the, I'll leave you with two questions um, that you should go away. If you're a leader in an organisation that um, wants to affect change, number one, start asking the question, who do we want to be? Yep. And secondly, which is a subtext to that question is, okay, what kinds of gaps exist when I start putting up that picture of who I want to be versus who I am today and start jotting those thoughts down. And, and, and if you do those two things and start having conversations with other leaders who want to affect change, then you will begin to build a picture of brand transformation. Stu, thanks so much for your time this morning. Really, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to unpacking the rest of these in our next episode. Uh, it's been great to chat and... Jump into iTunes, give us a five-star review um, uh, and a little comment and share share the word. And um, what's our Twitter handle? At Blurt underscore loud, I think it is. At Blurt underscore loud. It that's is. it. That's it. So give us some love. Give us some feedback. If you've got a question, ask us. Yep. Um, we'll chuck it on the on the backlog for the podcast. And you can find out more about Blurt at Blurt.com.